Welcome back to Process. Have you ever wrestled with the thought or feeling that you just have to get your to-do list done? We're gonna talk about that in a couple minutes, but first, I wanted to let you know that last week I posted a screencast showing how I'm using Notion to plan my week, month, quarter, and year. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, there'll be a link in the show notes, but it's a great opportunity to see how I'm using the tool and some of the principles and mindsets I'm having and using towards planning the broader timescales. Additionally, you have a little over one week to join the giveaway for one of three copies of Francesco D'Alessio of Keep Productive's new course, How to Find Your Perfect To-Do List app. I'll have a link in the show notes, but head on over to the community at community.effectiveremotework.com, sign up for an account, click on the topic that says Process Episode 50 Giveaway, and then click on the poll to join. You have to click on the poll in order to be considered for the giveaway. You have until February 16th at 5 p.m. to sign up, so be sure to do that today. I wanted to start off with a little bit of a system update. Last time we went through some of this, I talked about coming back to OmniFocus and how that's felt really comfortable. And I wrote up a post too on the community about how I'm using OmniFocus for this year. And I wanted to say that I've been further simplifying that. So I had a priority perspective and a defer date perspective where I saw all the tasks that were deferred to today or that have recently become available. And I've removed those because I just wasn't using them as much as I thought I would. I've been primarily using my fire perspective. The fire list is what shows me my priority work that needs to get done. And the available work list is stuff that once I'm done with the priority stuff that I can move on to that's available now to do. One thing that's been interesting is how I've shifted my use of paper in this process. I'm using the bullet journal a little bit less now because I find myself working out of OmniFocus more. The bullet journal has become less of a task management place for me and more of a journal. I'm writing down events that have happened. I'm writing out ideas, thoughts, things I'm processing. I'll write down my aims and outcomes that I desire for the day in there, but it's not necessarily my workspace for tasks. However, I do like having multiple places to do this type of work, whether it's in OmniFocus or on paper or in drafts or in Notion, whatever it is, because it gives me flexibility. And I like that. I like having flexibility in my system. If I locked myself into one place, that would make it a little bit more rigid for me. And anytime I start putting hard and fast rules on myself that I have to stick to, I immediately start shutting down and I don't find myself in as effective of a place as I usually could be. Another interesting thing has been my use of Notion. Notion's been staying pretty solid as a knowledge base for me. But one thing that came up in the community recently was a thought about their terms of service. Their terms say, as a condition of your use of the service, you grant Notion a non-exclusive, perpetual, irrevocable, royalty-free, worldwide transferable, sub-licensable license to access, use, host, cache, store, reproduce, transmit, display, blah, 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 blah. Basically, it gives the sense that they can take your content and do whatever the heck they want to with it. That can be a little concerning, especially if you're putting proprietary information in there or you're using it as a company to store your company data. But Notion says this is typical boilerplate for running a SaaS app like this and like they do. And I tend to agree. But this suspicion is real because it gives them quite broad license compared to other applications like Evernote. And thanks to Facebook, trust with our data isn't exactly pointed toward these types of services these days. We often come with skepticism when we're having to give a company data and they especially they have information like this in their privacy policy or their terms of service. 
Well, I will have to say that because of this, Notion hasn't given me a reason not to trust them with my stuff. I am holding off putting anything particularly personal or sensitive in there for this time being. And that's just because I haven't really felt comfortable doing that. I'll use Apple Notes for that at this point in time. Overall, though, like my system has been coming together pretty well. Overall, I feel like I'm starting to get in a groove with my system and trying to figure out where things are, how that's all functioning. And really the key that fits it all together right now are the reviews. The reviews are absolutely key. And we will talk about that in the next episode in regards to building a broader system with more tools. But now I wanted to talk a little bit about what we opened the episode with was this mindset and feeling of having to do stuff, having this pressure on yourself to get stuff done. I've wrestled with this off and on for a number of years. It's just this feeling that comes that if something's on my to-do list that I have to get it done, and it's so frustrating because then I get into this mode where I have to be working all the time, where I feel like I have to be working just to get through my to-do list. Obviously, that's not healthy. That's not a place I don't think any of us really wants to live in. I'm sure you don't want to live there. I don't want to live there. And so how do we move past that? It really doesn't have anything to do with our tools, but it has everything to do with how we think about work and how we think about the stuff that's in our system and how we have to get it done. So for example, the way that I'm trying to shift this mindset inside of me is moving from a place where I feel like I have to do something to being intentional on what I choose to do. I think this battle is at the core of this wrestle between living in a reactive state or a proactive state. When we're living from a place of have to, we're reacting to things. We're just merely looking at what's on our list today and we're just trying to crank out as much as we can. But when we're in a choose to state, that's when we're getting to the place where we can start to make intentional choices about what we are and are not doing at a given point in time. So just because a task is available in OmniFocus for me doesn't mean that I have to do it now. That's why I have the list that's my fire list that is giving me a sense of these are the things that need to happen to keep the needle moving forward or keep the projects moving forward that are important to me or important to my company. It's not an easy shift to make, but as with any mindset change, awareness of it is a first major step and you just have to keep choosing to do something different every time it comes up, every time you recognize that you're drifting into the have-to mindset, you have to make an intentional choice to say, no, I'm choosing to do stuff today. I'm choosing to do stuff today. I'm choosing to do stuff today. So one way that I'm doing this is, as we talked about in last week's episode, is choosing a daily outcome. I'm trying to list down one to three items a day that I am choosing to be intentional on today. Those can come off of my fire list, those can come out of my available work, or those can just merely be intentions that I want to put myself toward that day, such as I want to be intentional to pay attention and spend time with my children at a higher level today than I do other days. It's a tough mindset to crack, especially because we have so much focus in our culture on achievement, especially in the West. I know not everybody listening to this podcast is from the United States, but it's very much a thing that we have an issue with here in the United States is this place of achievement, of having to keep working and keep pushing and keep achieving. We don't do intentionality very well sometimes. And I think that if we start to, if I start to, frankly, shift my mindset to choosing the intentional things, to trying to choose the most important things for the day and focus on those, 
and having a win condition defined through my daily outcome, that really helps me move the needle forward in a way that's meaningful without getting stressed out about everything that's on my list. Something else that's been on my mind recently has been Apple. Now, this is obviously not an Apple podcast, but it does affect my productivity and it does affect my ability to get my work done. And that's really the quality of Apple's software and hardware. I have the mid-2019 version of the 15-inch MacBook Pro, so that's not the 16-inch one with the new keyboard. It's still got the old keyboard, and man, has this thing driven me nuts. I find the keyboard really, really difficult to type on. I've had so many issues with macOS Catalina, and I also have had trouble with the escape key not functioning properly on the touch bar. Now, as a developer, the part-time developer who uses Vim as a text editor, if you're familiar with that at all, the escape key is pretty essential to that a lot of times. It's been really frustrating to try to use this equipment. I've mentioned it before on the community that I've realized that I could port a lot of my system around to other operating systems, whether it be Windows or Linux. But truthfully, I don't want to go to Windows because I was on Windows and forced to be on Windows for years um, being in IT. And Linux has been something that I have been drawn to for a number of years, but haven't really fully committed to. Over on talk.macpowerusers.com, there is a topic that I have taken a look at and participated in a little bit where it's been, how do you run an, another operating system on macOS? Well, you can't dual boot on these new laptops like you could before another operating system. You can Windows because Microsoft and Apple have collaborated together to make that happen through boot camp. But if you're trying to do it through Linux, you can't. It's really, really hard because Apple has done some really proprietary things that the Linux ecosystem is now just trying to catch up to, but it's still not there. For example, Wi-Fi support isn't stable, audio support isn't stable, or even functional on these, and it's just really hard to get everything else working properly in a Linux distribution. So that topic that I was talking about talks about virtualizing Linux on a Mac, where you kind of get the best of both worlds. And that's something that I'm considering exploring doing, especially for my development work. But I think the thing that's ultimately getting me caught up in that is this place of how do I separate the two? How do I not just go back to macOS when I want to be using Linux for a specific subset of tasks? Long term, I think it'd be cool to have a Linux laptop hanging around and using that for a lot of my development type work. But at this point in time, it's not exactly feasible. Maybe that'll change in the near future. Maybe not. I'm not sure. But I hope to have an update in a couple of weeks on this because it's something I want to explore is how do you integrate different operating systems and technologies into a productivity process and different environments and contexts all together in this? Because it's really interesting to me and something that I am interested in exploring. So if that's interesting to you, let me know in the discussion topic for this episode, especially if you have any questions about that and about this process that I'm going through with it. I'd love to hear from you and looking forward to exploring this topic together as we go.